0: On this month's episode of Digital Signage Digest, we discuss 22 Miles' Temptafan to tool, and are joined by two AV integrators to take their pulse on attending live and virtual trade shows and events. The network for the AV industry.
1: What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This, this is this AV, AV Nation. Nation. This is AV
0: Nation. This is Digital Signage Digest, episode number 17. Take me out. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Atlas IED, innovative audio solutions for every business environment. I'm Lenore Aline, and this is Digital Signage Digest, the AV Nation TV show that looks at the news and issues of the digital signage market. I'm joined by Toma Mann, Executive Vice President of 22 Miles, to discuss their new Temp Defend tool. And later in the show, integrators Frank Pitacala of Diversified and Eugene Nababio of Art Media Core join me to talk about the free trade shows and what they expect when we return to in-person events. Thanks for being on the show today, Tomer. How are hey, you?
1: French. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. really appreciate it.
0: My pleasure. Well, before we launch into, launch into the protection as a service approach to your new temp defense tool. Can you tell us a bit more about 22 miles and what your primary focus has been in the digital signing space?
1: Sure. Sure. Um, so 22 miles was actually founded in 2007 by, uh, the CEO, the founder, um, who is basically the solution architect, that he's the head engineer. So we're very much, um, and founded in Silicon Valley. So very much a, a Silicon Valley tech forward, um, R&D shop in the end of the day that started around wayfinding and multi-touch solutions. Um, he was kind of ahead of his time before even the iPad came out. He was already starting to work with multi-touch applications and um, created some drivers around that solution. And from there, um, evolved the wayfinding module into a digital signage content management software. So it's a full suite of digital applications and over the years, we were able to continue enhancing that solution, leveraging our clients and our feedback um, and and partners feedback and and really develop a very unique platform that we think is, is is suited for any vertical market for any application and really can have all the building blocks for any client to scale or any partner to resale and scale um, and and we think that some of these differentiators that we have around the 3d wayfinding with um, novice level editing tools around our video all mapping around now our mobile with augmented reality and and as recent um more into aiot applications allow us to leverage those capabilities to now get into this protection as a service model with Temp Defend being kind of the main um, solution that we've pivoted into to support, uh, you know, this pandemic and support uh, reopenings and, and clients and, 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 again, same vertical markets from enterprise to retail to government to healthcare um, and, and be able to provide some, some new safety protocols and the pre-screening capabilities leveraging those sensor integrations, those API integrations, those other digital mm-hmm. signage applications. Um, and, and I think that's that's really what's giving us um, an edge um, is that past um, and, and how we're able to really leverage our development team and um, our founder, the solution architect, put basically all his eggs in this basket. And within mm-hmm. a month and a half, two months, we were able to be cutting edge on this application and this. Okay, sister. so be- before we- you
0: start going into the application, I want to slow you down a little bit, uh, just to to just because you said a lot there, and I just want to unpick that a little bit. Um, so we we you just debuted Tem Defend, and it's billed as a protective digital signage communications and direction tool. Um, and obviously, this has been you've been working you've worked in this market for a while, but this has been developed in the age of COVID nineteen. Um, and social distancing. First, can you just kind explain the protections of service model, and how Temp Defend works within that uh, solution branding?
1: Sure, sure. So we wanted to um, find a way to, to leverage several different feature sets. Temp Defend, again, being the main component, but there's there's other um, features and applications underneath that suite of services. Um, and so we we thought that. Um, a SaaS model would make sense for certain levels of, of these features, but also there's also a basic model. So um, we looked for a, a new name to kind of come up with something that made sense for this COVID scenario, um, but also kind of leverage our platform, leverage um, the services we have around it. And that's kind of what protection as a service stands for and um, where we kind of came up with that. And. Um, again, the first feature off of that was the temp defend, um, which, again, um, I came up with the name by the way, um, which uh, basically was just how we wanted to um, define our temperature sensor application um, around this suite of other features that are coming off of these temperature sensor recognition um, solutions.
0: Okay, so. Why and how is Temp defend different than other Temp digital, you know, signing solutions, and um, you know what what differentiates it from a lot of the applications and and tools we're seeing come out of COVID nineteen?
1: Yeah, great great question. We actually get that question a lot um, from the different partners and different clients that are coming to us, and that's literally their first question to us. And I think that one of the things is our backstory, right? We we are an R&D shop through and through. And un- where most of the other uh, vendors or solution providers, what we're finding is that they're repackaging something from uh, a foreign body for, from someone else, and they're just kind of white labeling it and 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 throwing in the, um, their kiosk design. Um, but they didn't develop the software. They didn't leverage existing Um, full CMS capabilities. They're just repackaging something where we wanted to create something that's US-based, leveraging US-based manufacturing vendors like FLIR, um, Thermal Sensors, which is a US company, uh, where we wanted to um, let people leverage either their existing display or existing kiosk um, if they wanted to, or we can give them a complete system offering. Um, And I think that those kind of Components are different. Where everyone else is kind of selling this kiosk solution, you get this and that's it. You got the facial view, you got your, um, your your temperature reading, and that's it. We we wanted to kind of be a little more competitive and a little more technology forward. Allow people to have more customizations around it, um, and allow people to brand their solution to add added. Uh, capabilities around it um, and then on top of all of that, make sure that our lead time uh, was able to be under four weeks where a lot of other people are saying three to four weeks to six to eight weeks and are still not delivering their solution we we are able to do that quickly and efficiently
0: so one of the questions I've been asking because this is coming out of a particular moment in time is, um, are there other ways that Ed users can use this solution beyond the pandemic? And can it be used in other ways or in other industries?
1: Yeah, and, and, and again, that comes back to who 22 Miles is as a CMS solution provider, right? So this application can definitely evolve the product based on what that um, – what the mood of the client organization is right if they don't believe that they need to continue doing temperature sensor readings in eight months a year from now um instead of having to waste that hardware or waste our software they can now take that software and rebrand it re-customize it with infotainment templates with other digital signage um or interactive menu applications and then now they've got a. Uh, They've got that benefit and that value add of, of leveraging our CMS for added integrations instead of just putting this in the closet because they don't think they need it anymore. Okay.
0: What else does 22 Miles have in the way of solutions for this moment? And what other ways can digital signage be an aid and a tool right now?
1: You say? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. Um, um, so within Temp Defend itself, um, we are leveraging access control solutions, so badge integrations. Um, so now you can define who the individual is or the employees if they've got an elevated temperature. Um, that can be emailed to admins or whomever uh, the workflow is um, without if they want to keep an into privacy, um, just the badge ID. Um, we can do facial recognition, which again, we're not storing any data. It's all within the CMS that the client holds and and can enable, disable, um, grant access to accept whatever, um, regulations and compliances they want to go with. Um, we've got the capabilities to do voice control. So now again, it's completely contactless solution. You can talk to the system. You don't have to touch anything. So you've got that safety and hygiene. we've got another level is our virtual receptionist so now you can do video calls so if a delivery truck driver comes in or um, uh, an employee has an elevated temperature instead of um, the workflow saying go to hr and literally talk to them face to face just have that interaction on voice control so you can tell them what the next steps are so this is a pre-screening tool to give people the next step to not just say go home and figure it out it's to give them other options um, from the organization side or or to that employee or visitor side. Um, so those are just things that, again, we're leveraging because we have those virtual receptionists and we're doing the voice command. We added those features that we already had within the CMS into this temp defend suite. Um, on top of that, some of the other components within protection as a service is our, our voice control being a standalone solution. If people want um, to incorporate voice command into their existing touchscreen solutions from 22 miles. Um, Now, again, you don't have to touch the solution and still have that interactive experience, which we're we're known for in the industry. Um, And another cool piece that I really like, and we're actually offering this for free, is our secure mobile control solution, which now um, uh, any of our partners, any clients around the world can basically um, install this data synchronizing license onto their operating system of whatever player. It can be a BrightSign. It could be a Samsung, an LG um, system on chip. It could be a Windows, an Intel component. It can even be Linux. Um, and have this dynamic QR code that they can install on the interface design or the template or behind the scenes on the operating system if it's more for a field IT too. And once someone scans that, they immediately can take over the screen through this HTML mobile app. And uh, imagine a TV remote with a mouse pad basically on your phone and an on-screen keyboard, and now you can control that screen through this mobile experience and, again, not have to touch the screen. And you still have a full interactive experience. And the other cool thing and just kind of changing that mindset is the solution doesn't have to be a touchscreen. It can be a non-touch video wall that now you can make interactive by this mobile controlled mobile remote capability. So I think there's a lot of room for growth with this application. Um, and the reason I threw in field IT is because also um, our partners can leverage this to support their clients' players. again without having to touch a screen or add an on-screen keyboard, it can all be this dynamic experience through their HTML app that we've created. So those are some of the protection as a service solutions. Another one is our desktop notification for um, working from home, um, remote work capability. So now organizations can provide digital signage to people's workstation computers, whether it's a widget or a screen saver, they still can provide that uh, water cooler gossip experience and that infotainment experience to their home or wherever they're at. Um, and I think that these are all, um, really awesome features and I'm really proud of the team putting it together. And I think that these will, will, will be things that are the new norm for, for, I guess, moving forward from now on, honestly.
0: I was trying to get to a podcast without ever saying the word new norm or new normal. And there you go. <laughs> ah,
1: sorry, sorry.
0: Reality it is, sucks sometimes. It is. So, okay. So, um, this has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on and telling us a little bit more about Temp, Temp Defend. Um, where can listeners find you in 22Miles?
1: Um, 22miles.com. 22-M-I-L-E-S.com. Um, we've got the Temp Defend. Um, page on there with videos. We've got anything I just rattled off. We have videos and information on that. Um, and obviously they can contact us through the 20 miles.com um, contact form and we'll be happy to help. We'll be happy to do web demos. We'll be happy to engage in any level with um, partners and clients for whatever needs that they have to, to help them reopen and help them stay safe and, and, uh, and, and really, I'm, I'm always, I almost said it, but I won't say the new norm. I won't say it, but, but help them kind of move forward. Thank you so
0: much. It's been a pleasure.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much.
0: Joining me now is AV Design Engineer Frank Patacala of Diversified and Eugene Ababio, owner of Art Media Corp, to talk about the future of trade shows and what they expect when we return to in-person events. Thanks, guys, for joining me this morning.
2: Thank you for having us.
3: Thank My you so pleasure. much for having me.
0: Let's jump right in here. Um, I have made no secret of my reluctance to go to the grocery store, let alone industry events, until the US gets COVID-19 under control. And although a lot of our industry organizations have taken their events virtual, there's really this hope that things will be under control enough by this fall for us to emerge and attend live event spaces. Do you guys believe or have hope based on the evolving circumstances that we're going through now, that you'll be walking a show floor or sitting down in in-person sessions at a conference this fall?
2: Um, you know, honestly, we can't, we can't have this conversation without getting involved in a, a, a bit of the politics, mm-hmm. because honestly, um, what's really holding us back now from fully getting out there into the world and joining the rest of the world, inclu- including Europe, is, 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 you know, our politicians. Um, I I think with just being a little too anxious to get back uh, out there, open up, open the market, we're actually doing um, harm. Um, And perhaps uh, we're getting into a zone now where I don't think anyone really knows. uh, There's just way too many variables playing right now. Um, Different states want different rights. Uh, Now we have these, I'm sorry to say, crazy people talking about you know, how breathing the air is God's natural healing and and wearing the masks, you know, prevent you and you're the devil for wearing the masks. I mean, it's unfortunately one of one of America's biggest um, strength is now ending up ending up being our biggest weakness, which is the freedom <laughs> and diversity that we have here in America. Unfortunately, it's, it's I, I like to say it's in the wrong hands right now. And uh, and for that, it's difficult to honestly forecast. To you know, pretend as if anyone knows where where you know all of this is going to end. And to my understanding, it's it's actually worse than March, if you can believe it or not. And, and the markets are are as worse, or actually getting a lot worse than what they were back uh, back in March. So it's uh, it's it's we should all be concerned.
0: Totally agree. What do you think, Frank? Do you?
3: Well, uh, short answer, absolutely not. I do not think we're anywhere close to, especially fall weight. weight There was a point of time where it did look like that we may be, you know, getting there and we might have enough progress. But things have just worsened over the last couple of weeks and months to the point where – I personally am not safe. I I, I don't feel safe. I don't feel safe enough going to the grocery store. Forget about a trade show floor where there's supposed to be thousands of people. I, I, every day I go out or when I do have to go out, it is literally like I'm, 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 I'm in an active battle. It's like mask and gloves. And, you know, I, I, I'm, I may be, I may be one of the paranoid types, but it's not about me. I'll be honest. I'm, I feel like I'm healthy enough to, you know, younger people have passed away. Unfortunately, I'm not going to say I'm healthy, but I do have people in my home. I have my mom, I have young kids who I do not want to hurt because of my freedom, you know? So uh, I don't think we're getting there anytime soon. Uh, I I do think we have to keep re-evaluating this. And, you know, as information progresses, we should adapt to it. Unfortunately, what we're doing is with more information, we're taking steps back. So, I don't, I don't think that's the way to go. I'm not confident of anything this fall.
0: I mean, this is really important coming from the both of you because you know, Eugene, you're based in New Jersey, and Frank, you're out, you know, outside of New York, Manhattan, but you are based in New York City, two of the yes. hardest hit places for the uh, coronavirus pandemic. Um, what do you guys prefer? Do you prefer in-person trade shows or virtual stagings? And how do you think both will be improved once we kind of get back to a place where things are normalizing? Uh,
2: You know, the funny thing is I kind of slowed down on going to trade shows because I Mm -hmm. find that a lot of the information, especially, you know, uh, also being an engineer, um, I find a lot of my information sometimes before it even hits uh, Infocom or any of the trade shows. I find a lot of my information information. Uh, on on Google, where else, right? Uh, Google what you're what you're needing. Uh, check out manufacturer websites. You know they're all anxious enough to make people aware of their new products, and whatever they're planning on showing at the trade shows. Um, it's all readily available, honestly. So be, because of that, I really I know a lot of people go for a lot of reasons uh, for the parties, for the drinks, for the free stuff, for the connections. Um, but honestly, I I used to go at, um, because I wanted to find new products, new innovate, you know, new innovative products. But uh, you can find a lot of that online. And you know, honestly, this whole Corona, uh, you know, COVID nineteen situation is there is a there's an upside to this. And that upside to this is that is that uh, uh, two things. One is that we've always had the technology to be able to. Um, uh traverse countries, borderlines, deliver information and get it quickly. I, I find you know, I have I have families in West Africa and sometimes I find that they have access to to news about our country before sometimes we get the news. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's because it's available. They're just tapping into it much earlier than I am. So we've had this technology being able to, you know, provide information, get information, deliver information and share information for for a very long time, I think now because of COVID-19, we're just learning that we've had we have these tools and we can use these tools productively, save you know save the uh, you know save the environment, maybe don't you know not having to travel so much, uh, stay home. But yet there's a downside, and that downside is that you know some of us are suffering suffering from uh, cabin fever. Now on the other side of this is that we've also learned that we're not as equipped to to handle um pandemics right uh and, and you know it's there's going to be plenty more of this uh, as we branch out to new countries try out new experiences eat new food we're going to find that, find that this may end up being the norm is is you know having to stay home because we're afraid we might get someone st- sick
0: Frank, what do you prefer, trade shows or in-person trade shows or virtual stagings? What do you Eugene,
3: think I, I I couldn't agree with you more. You know, um, this COVID nineteen has been very eye-opening to say the least. And um, I'm going to get on a, a little bit of a soapbox. I had this. I'm 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 very active on Twitter. I mean, at, at least during the last couple of months, I have. It's a great community of AV tweeps out there. Wonderful people. Great insight. Everybody's sharing what they know, and it's, it's, it's funny, we are technology people. We sell experiences, we sell the best malls, we sell the most amazing conference rooms. And what's at the crux of all of this? We try to sell an experience that gets you as close to the real thing as possible. But when it came to time for us to implement it, we're nowhere near the, it's not because we don't have the technology. It's just that we never thought about it. We've, we've been so stuck on keeping things the way they are. We don't realize there's a whole another universe out there that we could have been using. And this could have been done five years ago, four years ago. Sure, the technology needs to evolve. Sure, there are shortcomings. Sure, it's not gonna be as, you know, especially the social component of uh, a live show. Yeah, it's not gonna be there, but why not? You know, mm-hmm. as in, as a design engineer, Ideally, there are two things that I always hold dear to my heart. It's kind of my guiding principles. I like to innovate and I like to be inclusive, right? And these two things are answered perfectly by technology. It's so much easier than to make a a trade show floor inclusive uh you know it's easier to do a virtual trade show for it make it inclusive than it is a a live show there's so many aspects of it that we just have ignored for so many years and you know uh, it's a very difficult time COVID 19 has been absolutely brutal on so many people but at the same time i'm thankful that has it has opened up this avenue i really hope that people don't dial it back after this Mm -hmm. i'm a fan of virtual trade shows i will always support them I will support them more than a, a live show, primarily because I think that we can do it. I mm-hmm. think we can get the technology right. I think if we experiment enough with it, if we invest enough into R&D, I think we can make the experience as wonderful as a live. We are social animals. We can do it. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I was telling on Twitter the other day, instead of sending people USB cards uh, or flash drives that have, you know, information about your products and brochures, let's develop virtual reality, you know, augmented reality. Let's send them, you know, 3D glasses. Let's send them, you know, uh, viewers, virtual reality viewers and, you know, take them to a website, take them to a, you know, guide them, you know, be there with them. Let's perfect the technology to make sure that the next time we're, you know, quarantined or we're stuck like this, we don't have to like start from scratch. We've had some great shows. Uh, People have Put in a lot of hours to make sure that the Infocom connected the Crestron masters. These are some of the ones that I've attended. Great virtual shows. Uh, they work very hard. But the next time around, it should be standard because we are the experienced people. You know, if we can do it, I don't think anybody else can. We should be at the forefront of virtual virtual trade shows. So,
2: yeah, you are- know, you know, just to just to hop on what you said previously. Um, thank you for that. That's that's really great. Uh, uh, um, you know, you know, our R and D. Um, We don't really get into R&D, and um, I believe that this country, at one time, we, you know, the United States of America, we were really all about innovation. I think what got in the way of innovation or finding new ways of doing things or using tools in a different way is uh, is greed, right? True, Uh, absolutely. And so long as we have greed will always be interested in the profits, right? Turning the same tricks, as long as we can get more money for it. Instead of trying to find out, how can I do this better? Is there a better way of doing this? And researching again, because when you get into that area, you know, honestly, there's a lot of time there. There's a lot of time in R and D and you don't know if it's going to turn out well or not. I remember uh, working at NYU uh, with the uh, President uh, Saxton back then uh, they wanted to develop this online course for New York U- University uh, where you can, you know, attend their, their courses anywhere in the world from Africa, Asia, China, India, you, you name it. And one of the – they, you know, pump a lot of money into it. And, one, and the only thing they can think of is using Polycom's uh, HDXs back then. A bunch, of, So they bought a bunch of them, set them up to try to do this online, you know, um, course, uh, course stuff. And I looked at it, and I was part of the project. And I said, you know what? This is not going to work. First of all, it's way too expensive, and it's just—it's just not going to work. And uh, so, um, I developed a product—a product called Proximity. It was, I, and I built it from the ground up. It was hardware; built up the hardware from the ground up. I built the software. I built everything from the from the ground up. It was a a media server. I mean, you could remote into it. You can upload, download. Um, it was a much more advanced version of what uh, Adobe Connect, you know, could do. Um, it and, and, you know, the video stream streaming was literally kind of like watching live TV. It wasn't this small, pixelated. And, you know, the biggest problem I had was actually educating people um, into understanding why they need such a product. And that was the biggest hurdle. It wasn't actually building the thing. It was educating people as to what you know, we can do with technology, right? What, what we can really, you know, accomplish with what we already had available. And, you know, when, when you get to that point where you have to sell people on an idea before you sell them a product, it, it's just by the time you're done, you know, educating, you just don't have enough energy to, to sell the product, right? So, and more,
3: and more I, likely than not, they don't even want to hear it to that point. Yeah, you know, exactly, at that It's product-driven.
2: We're just not, you know, I, I love innovation. You know, when, when, when I started out in this business, one of the promises that I made to myself was when I stop having fun, it's time for me to leave. Right. Mm-hmm. Regardless of, you know, how, you know, how much money I'm making, it's time for me to leave because, because it's not fun anymore. So what I have to do once in a while is find new ways of doing things, finding that one client, you know, that can save me, right? That one <laughs> client asking something so ridiculous that I'm going to have to sit down for some time coming up with a solution. And, you know, and those are the clients, you know, I, I look for. But, you know, as far as uh, trade shows online, uh, the technology is there. Um, I mean, we can do it, is, is it. But more importantly is that they could reach out to a whole lot more people absolutely not the, uh, the you know the annual you know you know the people that normally come out annually absolutely we, so know, let me
0: jump in here advantages. real
2: quick it is it's just we can do so much more
0: yeah so you guys went down the lane that I, I was hoping you guys would go down and this is the idea of what trade show organizations because you guys are talking about research and development um, introducing new new innovations into the trade show experience but do you see trade show organizations stepping into that or is that something that's going to have to be pushed from the integrators saying hey we've got this we had this pandemic we're not comfortable what are you going to do going forward plus we really enjoyed not having to wear wingtips and have sore feet at the end of the day you know (laughs) like how are you going to help us evolve to to this next level of trade show presentation what do you want to hear from them and see from them
3: uh what are we seeing um It's positive. I've, you know, I've heard the uh, press releases. Everybody is uh, definitely investing time in trying to grow the whole virtual trade show scenario. But at the same time, I do see a a big haste to jump back to where it was, you know? So when I hear people saying, you know, let's make sure that uh, there's social distancing, let's make sure that uh, it's a touchless experience. I'm okay with that. You're definitely trying to keep your people safe. Wonderful. But at the same time, it also shows that I'm trying to make it as close as it was to where it was. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to keep the status quo uh, with additional cleaning. And the innovation, like, you know, like Eugene and I spoke before, shouldn't be at a cleaning level. It shouldn't be, you know, at the level of uh, another industry. We as technology people should be able to say, how can I make the experience of a virtual trade show better for somebody out there? How are we going to include a larger audience? How are we going to make sure that more people uh, are included in this? Now, th- now, when I do say this, I'm gonna I'm gonna defer to one thing. We are both Eugene and I. We're mainly engineers, so obviously we're gonna have a more tech perspective on this. I'm sure a salesperson would completely, uh, you know, disagree with me and say, "I want to be out there. I want to meet the person. A handshake is worth uh, the connection." And and he's right. You know, I'm not gonna disagree with that uh so the question is i think it's about finding the balance you know we got to find a, a middle ground where integrators and people and trade shows can all coexist and the answer is technology i think we have it i think it's just about you know implementing it It's just we we just need to find the way to get it all working together
2: yeah i, I think one of one of the greatest um selling points of the trade shows being there physically is uh really it's really about sales right meeting new people and just being in there and meeting a bunch of people talking about different things and finding out what's going on um that has made it uh invaluable in that sense um I, you know i'm not from that time but i've heard of you know situations where back in the days people used to wear suits and go knocking on doors right the, the, um maybe maybe it's time for that right um i could i could i could really imagine Maybe Christie or something like that, you know, um, dedicating their money and finances and their time into developing a small projector, uh, Mm -hmm. maybe, you know, worth a couple of hundred bucks, you know, sending it out to a few selected, um, you know, vendors or patrons and uh, having them install it in their house, right? Shipping a VR glasses and, and having them, te- you know, take it for a test drive and maybe yeah, you know, absolutely. We'll, we'll schedule a salesperson and knock on your door and, you know, and tell you about what you saw and what you've experienced, right? Maybe that is the new way, right? We don't a have
0: evangelists,
2: and, and that tech Exactly, right? And maybe that could be a, uh, uh, instead of a one day, two day, three day, seven day, a week long thing, that could be maybe about a six month long, long, in you know, a project for such a manufacturer, right? Now, could that produce the same amount of result? Perhaps a little bit more? Who knows, right? We, we don't know until we try it out, but I think that's quote, it, because it works doesn't mean it's the only thing, right. right? And I always say there's more, my thing is, and I always say it, there's more than one way of doing one thing, right? And we just have to explore the other ways of doing the same thing and getting the same result. And, and that comes with I don't know maybe that comes with young folks right who are who you know maybe see things in a different way i i and that and that's the other thing too is i think there are <laughs> no disrespect to anyone who is you know in age but i i i think some of the old folks in the av just need to step aside a little bit right um and unfortunately some of the people who are in authority to make decision are the old heads, older, older heads Maybe they need to step aside and let the new newer generation get in with newer ideas. And that might just be the, the only way we can, you know, really uh, use what we've had for, you know, for a very long time. But I, honestly, I, I love the people. I love meeting new people. I love going to restaurants and eating and, and you know, talking. But that's really it. It's become for me a social gathering more than gathering for the technology. Right. And, and,
0: it's a fascinating idea that the sales end can evolve where, the, where their approach to selling product can evolve into almost to, to accommodate because they do travel a lot. So maybe that yes. becomes the core of that part of a trade show is to extend that across a year-long period. And then, so you have these amazing shows from Alamo Pro, Alamo Pro, excuse me, where they're E4 Experience events, you got on doing their events. So these things already exist in that way, but maybe break out the, the sales aspect, the salespersons, and almost go retro. I really like the idea of a tech evangelist kind of knocking on the door. <laughs> See, Absolutely. got the You got the projector, you got the glasses, let's talk about this. Yeah, um, yeah. I know we're running out of time, but I really want to touch on another aspect of this, which is the digital signage, because this is a digital signage podcast. Um, And and find out where you think we are going to go with digital signage under the new under the new normal. I hate saying it. Me too. Out of my mouth.
3: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I i try not to use that because there is no normal you know there it's is not no normal. D- this Sorry. is new i like it keep it new you know it's like let's try something new digital yeah. signage is i feel it's gonna be the most uh o- you know over the next six months to a year i think digital signage is gonna you know grow leaps and bounds you know it's like they are at the forefront of this they're the people The everyday person and how they innovate, how they decide on implementing their technologies, what uh, you know health guidelines do they take into factor? How are they going to make the experience more touchless? How are they going to make sure there's more inclusion of proximity sensors or you know every single aspect of technology that they roll into their new products and their new solutions is literally going to define the digital signage market. I think we're going to see a lot of digital signage happening, and hopefully. They understand that, you know, uh, we don't have to do enhanced or modified versions of what we were doing. Mm-hmm. You know, throw something new at us, you know, completely new. You know, let's surprise me. I might not like it. You know, I might say, what the hell is this? I might just walk away from it. But there's no, there's nothing wrong in giving us something new, you know. And, you know, to Eugene's point, I think we've strayed from the path of R&D. We've, you know, went, we went away from innovation. Let's get back to it. The best way to solve this is, you know, I, I quote Alan Kay, who was a, a famous computer. He, he's he's alive. He's a a computer scientist. He says the best way to predict the future is to invent it. Mm-hmm. You know, let's let's invent it. You know, let's do something new. Hopefully, it'll stick. You know, and I have really high hopes for all our manufacturers and organizations and decision makers out there. I hope they do the right thing, and I hope they can come out of this different
2: than you know the past yeah yeah you know digital signage the thing about digital signage is that we know for a fact that it's never going to go away right it's 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 very practical it's been around before televisions were created right and and what i mean by it it wasn't digital but it was a sign, right it delivers information It, it delivers uh instructions right Digital signage is very, very practical, and for that reason, or it has a very practical use, and for that reason, it's never going to go away. You know, I was driving to the beach yesterday, and um, there was another set of lanes um, on the other side, and it was about a three- or four-car lane, and there was a bunch of, you know, there was traffic uh, and a bunch of cars, you know, way back. And so my wife and I looked, and we noticed this uh, police officer just zigzagging, right, right? swinging to the left and swinging to the right, kind of like a snake. And I guess what he was trying to do was instruct people behind him that they should they were not allowed to pass. Because traditionally, if you see a police officer, a car in the street going, you just go, okay, you know, the officer's in that lane, let's just drive past the officer. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in order for him to tell those behind him not to pass him, he had to swing left and right like a snake so people understand, okay, he's got something going on, right? Mm-hmm. Now, <laughs> so I told my wife, you know, I see a bunch of these cars with LED displays in the back with messages. How come the, the police officers don't have anything like that saying? Yes, back, I agree. You know, stay back behind us, you know, we're controlled. Instead of zigzagging, it's just, you know, maybe he was drunk. We don't know, right? We wouldn't know <laughs> if he had an LED display, <laughs> you know, behind the car. So digital signage has a very practical use. Now that is a sign; it is digital, all right? It could take a lot of different forms. Sure. So you know, I really do think that it's not going to go away. Um, I think it lends itself to innovation by us really understanding how do we deliver uh, information uh, to the masses. How do we you know inform people? And I think you know now is really is the time. It's the perfect time to deliver information. I've seen. Of Whoever started creating these signs, uh, social distance in six feet, I'm sure that person is making a whole lot of <laughs> money because I see the same sign everywhere, the same color, same everything, right? That right. someone seeing the need and delivering a product. Uh, and it's very simple. It's just a sign. Uh, and you know, it could be the same thing with digital sign. Now, unfortunately, when all of this is over, there's another element to this. When all of this is over, all those signs hopefully when it's over, all those signs are gonna make it to to the trash. It's gonna become landfill, kind of like, uh, you know, the AOL CDs, they used to ship to to us (laughs) to get online, AOL discs. So I see that becoming also another problem. Now, digital signage, you know, I could take, it it just doesn't go away. So there's there's a lot of flexibility, a lot of room. Um, Even if it's not digital signage, it, it's you know the next evolution maybe it's a you know vr sign who knows i don't know but uh, it's not going away
0: you guys this has been an amazing conversation i really appreciate you guys spending the morning with me and and taking us down so many avenues that i haven't heard about or haven't discussed openly with other people other people in the business so i really appreciate that where can listeners find you frank
3: um you can find me on twitter um at frank patacalla uh i'm on linkedin um and you know um, you can also uh, uh direct message me on instagram i don't really use it but I, i'll see it if you do it mm-hmm. uh <laughs> I, I spend a lot of time on twitter uh,
0: okay. okay yeah you, i yeah I, that's, that's, I, how, I, we, that's I, how we I,
3: I think it's uh maybe i'd Maybe too much, you know, but yeah.
0: There's never I, too much
3: Twitter. I, 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 love, I love the Twitter community. It's just, it's given me new life. I'm, I'm so happy. There's wonderful people out there.
0: Amazing. Eugene, where can we find you?
2: Well, I, I don't sh- share the same uh, <laughs> experience <laughs> with uh, Twitter, but uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, right? LinkedIn, you'll find me on Facebook. I don't spend a lot of time there, but uh, mostly you can, you can find, there's of course our website, uh, www.artmediacorp.com. Not artmedia.com, but artmediacorp as incorporation.com. You'll find me there. Um, you can email us from there or you can just, uh, you know, check out my uh, LinkedIn and find me there too as well.
0: Awesome. Thank you guys for joining us. Have a good Thank one. Thank you for having
2: us. Thank you so much.
0: I'm Lenore Aline and you can find me on Twitter at Lenore DSM. For Avery Nation visit our website avination.tv. You'll find this show and a host of others. While you're there, please visit our supporters section. These are the companies that support us financially and help us bring you Digital Signage Digest, coverage of DSC, Infocom, and more. All that and more at avionation.tv. That's avionation.tv.